that life is short and you've only got one chance at it and, uh, and he wanted to sort of, uh, prepare people. So if you look at Matthew 25, verse 14, it says this. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who'd received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one that with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who'd received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who'd received five bags of gold bought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who'd received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man harvesting where you'd not sown and gathering where you'd not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put the money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so Jesus is telling this story describing Three types of people. Okay, firstly, you've got, you've got these five bags of gold, multi-talented, big-capacity people, and we'll call them the flyers. They're the flyers. They've got loads going for them. Secondly, you've got the faithful. These are guys that have got two bags. They're the, they're the unsung heroes of the story. And then you've got these one-bag gift-waster not really worth investing in. So you've got the flyer, the faithful, and the flipping useless. Like, they're absolutely no good to anybody, and, and that's what we're going to sort of unpack a little bit today. So firstly, we've got the flyer. Five bags of gold they've been entrusted with. They've got a proven track record. They're obviously good at what they do. These would be like, do you remember at PE at school, when, when you had like the, these people and they pick captains, these would be the captains. These would be the ones that come out and stand at the front and say, I'll have you. They, these, these are multi-talented and, and, and they've got some kind of, uh, 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 kind of you know, proven, they're good. They know what they're doing. I, I had a mate 
um, oh, I name him, it don't matter, I'm just going to say nice things about him. His, name, his name's Trav, and, and he was this Sri Lankan guy who, uh, he, he, he didn't just have like one degree, he had three degrees, okay? And he was a clever guy, he spoke about four different languages, and, and he, he played in the worship team for a while because he was good on the guitar, but he also played keyboard, and he was fantastic at the saxophone. He had a wonderful singing voice, he was a good dancer, he was a fantastic sportsman, and he was flipping good looking. <laughs> and and I, I wish I could hate him, but I couldn't, but he was such a nice guy. <laughs> but in the words of the prophet Spider-Man, <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. And the trouble is, when you are a good person, when you've got multi-talents, when you're a flyer, often actually you can sort of just kind of presume everything's all right, but, but it's often through the most difficult times of your life that you actually glorify God. So, you, you, I mean, you think through the Bible, you think of some of the heroes through the Bible, and then when you really think about the heroes in the Bible, most of them are proper dodgy. You know, you've got, you've got your Abrahams and stuff that, that kind of, you know, was a bit kind of, you know, sleepy with the sort of servant girls e, and, and, and you know, pimped out his wife a couple of times to get himself out of trouble. You had, you had Moses who, 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 who murdered an Egyptian and, and, you know, had to be kept in the sort of wilderness for 40 years before God could use him. But every now and then you get a good one. You get someone like a Daniel. Well, Daniel was amazing. Daniel was a guy that, that had sort of a high, he was a high-ranking official in, in, in exile, and he, and he had a lot of authority, and he had a lot of sway. But what do we best know him for? He was in a lion's den. The worst night of his life is what we know him for. And often, flyers will glorify God most in the, those most difficult of circumstances. And, and now I have got some experience of lions myself. I went to uh, Woburn Safari Park once and, and uh, took the family when they were a lot younger and, and, and we, was, we was in the lion's cage, literally in the lion's enclosure, and we were driving through and, and then we're looking at these lions kind of pacing up and down, looking in, going, Arr, they look tasty, you know, and they're, they're eyeballing us and... Anyway, we're looking at them and enjoying it, just sort of slowly creeping around. And then I became aware of this sort of funny smell in the car. Right? And then, and then, and then I became aware that, that, that the, window was, the windscreen was steaming up a little bit. And there was this sort of faint sort of whizzing noise. And I looked down at the dashboard and the, the needle was going ding, 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 ding. I'm, over, I'm breaking down in the lion's den. <laughs> so... Like, like, I've got five kids, you know, I'm panicking, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And I think, yeah, I've got five, I, I could lose one. I could, you know, I, I... <laughs> Listen, true character is shown in the most difficult of times. And, and sometimes... The trials themselves are a means of glorifying God, not a distraction from. And often we will think that some of the most difficult times in our life, we think, God, just get us through this, and then I'll be able to serve you. Actually, we're his servants, aren't we? We're his people. We're here to glorify him. So even in the midst of the darkest of times, we get 
to bring glory to God. That's the flyer. Secondly, you've got the faithful. These are, this guy's entrusted with, with two bags of gold. And, and to be honest, they're, they're, these are the unnamed heroes. These, these are often little public recognition. And, and these, would be, these would be picked at PE. These would be the ones that the, the captain goes, yeah, but I'll have you. You can be on my team. You know, these are the ones that are, that are good. They're, 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 they're faithful. And they just get their head down and get on with it. Jesus sent out <clears throat> the 12 disciples. We know their names. We know Peter, James, John. We know a lot of them. He sent them out to bring glory to God and bring the kingdom to these different places. A chapter or two later, he sent out 72 others. We don't know their names. They're, they're not famous. You know, they're not books written about them, but they just got on with what Jesus told them to do. And what is very interesting is when Jesus is talking about the five bags of gold guys and the two bags of gold guys, they both get the same reward. Like exactly the same reward. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, give him double what he's got. Come and share your master's happiness. And there's this, this wonderful kind of sort of honouring that God gives to those that are not just kind of named and flashy and out there, but those that faithfully get their head down and crack on. Do you know what? They are the rock stars of King Church Hastings. Those ones that just kind of get on with it. They're not like looking for recognition or a slap on the back every five minutes, but they just week in, week out, serve, serve, serve. These are honoured by God in the same way. And I love it. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says that whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. These are, these are them ones. I, uh, I remember once when uh, I, I was on holiday with, with uh, my family down in Cornwall. And I like surfing. I really enjoy surfing. And I was down at the beach once. And, uh, and it was a sunny day. It was beautiful. And I'd just bought a new surfboard. Right? I'd invested in this, in this beautiful surfboard. And I, and I had a sharp wetsuit on. Right? And it was like a fairly new wetsuit, quite flashy, all the names on it and stuff. And I remember strutting down to the, sea, to the actual water's edge. And I sort of noticed people looking at me as I'm walking down to the water's edge. And my hair was looking good that day, flowing, <laughs> flowing in the wind. And I'm standing there, looking out to the sea, picking my spot in the lineup. And I'm thinking, I look good. I look good. And, and this is honest truth, right? God spoke to me in that moment and he said this. He said, would you rather look good or be good? Because I'm rubbish at surfing. <laughs> Seriously. I proper enjoy it. But, but, and, and I wish I could say that that wasn't a difficult question for me. But the truth was, it was something I had to wrestle with. And obviously, it's got, God was not just talking about my surfing career. He was talking about my life. And so often I thought, look, would I rather look good or be good? Would I rather be one that gets recognition and, 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 and honour? Or would I actually be one that actually pleases my master? Hudson Taylor 
He, he said this, he says, a little thing is a little thing. But faithfulness in a little thing is a great thing. I think that we have got, all of us, we've got to kind of cultivate this, this attitude of for his eyes only. In all we do, in the mundane, if you feel like you're overlooked, and, and you can start off really well, and you can start, you would be doing this, be on the rotor for six weeks and do it, and you enjoy it, and you know it's the right thing to do, but you forget. You forget, and you get bored of it, and you get taken for granted, and you get people that sort of overlook you. And, and, and there's this challenge that, that actually, you know, would you rather look good or be good? And you have to sort of turn it around and say, Jesus, this is for you. This is for my master. Listen, life is so fragile. Life is so short. There's no dress rehearsals. We get, this is what we've got. And, and we want to lay our lives down week in, week out. See, Jesus knows what it is to be overlooked himself, to be taken for granted. For, for people taking the mickey out of him and just kind of, you know, absolutely just sort of not realising how precious this very person was. We reflect God's glory when we faithfully serve our master. So what about this, this flipping useless gift waster? This, this, this one talent wonder, this whole digging worthless, not worth investing in, muppet that just kind of, just, it's all take, 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 and wait until conditions are perfect for him to suddenly arrive and decide to turn up. Usually, this is the last one to be picked in PE. Yeah, this is, this is the one that they argue about, go, no, you have him, no, you have him. This is the overweight boy with the asthma inhaler and a little patch over his glasses. <laughs> right, this is, this is like, we dig holes. We can dig holes when we waste the gifts and the talents that God has given us. Come out with excuses, don't we? So it's some small, some big. It's, okay, Lilla, it's all right for you, you're married. You know, yeah, of course you can open up your arm, you've got a big ass. When I get a bigger ass, I can, I can serve God. Yeah, I'd love to give, but when I get paid more then I'll be able to. Well, if the elders recognise the gift that's within me, then I'll step up. It's excuses. A wise man once said that excuses are like armpits. Everyone's got a couple. <laughs> and they stink. <laughs> Jesus said, he said this, he says, and get this, he says, you wicked, lazy servant. Now, that, that's harsh, isn't it? Like, because the guy come back with the money. He come back with exactly the same gold. It wasn't lost, it wasn't robbed. He returned it in the same state that he got it. So what was, what was the problem? You know, God's reaction wasn't just, oh, what a shame opportunity missed. It was shockingly severe. He could have done more, but he wasted the opportunity. James 4, 17 says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do 
and doesn't do it, sins. That's a challenge to me. I see stuff in church life. I, I see opportunities, not just to put my oar in and give suggestions about how it could be done differently, but I see opportunities to serve. And you think, well, it's obvious. Well, maybe not to anyone else. You know, but, but we, we kind of come up with all these funny ideas about why we shouldn't do stuff. But I, I want to I focus on one. We could talk about a lot, but one of the most important ones is guilt. When you feel guilty, when you get caught out. I, I did a job in, in uh, uh, Brixton. For those that uh, don't know, I was a roofer for many years. And I was doing a roof in, in Brixton. And I was working on this, this housing estate there. And it was about half a mile, this estate, big one. And it had, it had one portaloo toilet at one end of the site. So if you were kind of caught short, right, you had half a mile to walk to this, this sort of smelly kind of cubicle thing anyway. Anyway, I'm on this job, and, and, and I, I was desperate, right? Absolutely busting. And, and, I, and, I, and I knew that it was a long walk back there, and it was a long walk back, and, and, and I, you know, it was, it was quite quiet, you know, and, and it, was, it was quite misty that day as well, so the, <laughs> there was no one around. And anyway, so, so what I did was I, I, I went out into the road and I checked up and down and then I went between these two houses and there was this little drain. <laughs> anyway, right? Let, let's just say I, I'm, I'm, I'm committed, right? <laughs> and I hear this voice saying, excuse me, and, I, and, and I'm, never have I felt more vulnerable. <laughs> this big African woman come knocking around the corner and says, excuse me. And I'm like, I am so sorry. I was mortified. She says, excuse me, could you put my washing line back up? <laughs> I said, listen, missus, I, I, I will paint your house if you leave me alone. Like, uh, <laughs> I was caught. I was guilty. I, 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 I didn't have a leg to stand on. I, I was, there was no, no excuses. There was no sort of, you know, uh, bang to rights. Proverbs 28.1 says this. The wicked flee, though no one pursues. The wicked flee, though no one pursues. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. You see, a guilty conscience kills boldness and courage. It, it really holds you back. When, when, you feel like, when you feel guilty because you are guilty, you ain't got a leg to stand on. There's nothing you can do about it. You know there's this nagging thing. You do something, and even if you try and do something, there's this nagging thing like, hey, you're no good. I know what you did. But have you ever been accused of something you haven't done? When you really, someone points at you and says, oh, I know you did this, I did not. I, I, I was on holiday with uh, uh, my wife's family uh, early on in, in our relationship, I, I guess, and, and I remember uh, this Arab man took quite a shine to my mother-in-law. 
I mean, like, real shy. Like, he, he liked my mother-in-law. In fact, he offered me eight camels <laughs> for my mother-in-law. <laughs> now, 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 this is where it's awkward, because she swore that I tried to knock him down. <laughs> uh, I did not haggle. I did not. Christmas dinner's been awkward since then. I, 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 but I did, I, I did not. I know I didn't. Don't accuse me of something I never did. Isn't you feeling guilty today? You following Jesus? Have you just taken the bread and drunk the wine because you are following Jesus? Because if you did and you've meant it with all your heart, you are not guilty. It's not, it's not like you've just got away with it. It's not like, like you've got off on a technicality. You're not guilty. The price is paid. That's done. That's finished. That was settled at Calvary forever. You, you haven't got to sort of cower and wonder about, oh no, am I going to, you know, what's God going to, he's going to think about that when I'm doing that. No, it's done. That is dusted. That is, that is absolutely finished. You can have a great boldness about you. You can have a courage. Bold as a lion in the things that you do, when you're doing the wonderful things, when you're doing the mundane things, when you're doing the stuff that no one else sees, you do it before him. Do you know the reason Jesus got so angry? You wicked, lazy servant. It wasn't because what he'd done was bad particularly. But Jesus knows what it is to experience. Look, I mean, verse 30 says, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know the reason we don't stand before God guilty? It's because Jesus was thrown outside. He was considered a worthless servant. There was weeping. There was literal weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus went to the cross so that we could walk guilt free and fruitful and, and, and bags of gold reproducingly well for the glory of God. Yes. Yeah. Don't, don't you want to live like that? Don't, don't you want to know that freedom? That, all that stuff in the past is gone. Yes. Listen, I, I see a lot of you going up and taking the bread, so, uh, and, and I, I know a lot of faces here now. And, 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 I, and I see, you know, a, a uh, kind of, some people get this. And that, literally, as we were worshipping earlier, I, I saw, I'm praying, God, let the, the, the revelation of the grace of God, to be honest, I get this, and I want to sing those songs all over again. You know, I want to worship God afresh. And, I, and I, I'm saying, God, please, just let, let there be like a little rain of your grace just coming and resting on every one of us. And as I'm, I'm sort of praying that in my head, I, I saw God just like, like stepping over one or two of you in the, in the congregation, right? And you're, you're there just sort of hearing these truths. And it's like God just gets a bucket. There's rain around you, but over you, there's a bucket. Bang! The grace of God is for you. Yes. Do you know what? You come to Jesus, you ask him to take your sin, 
and you give it to him. You say, I'll give you my life. You give him your life. You give him everything. You give him your sin. You give him your, your good stuff and that, but don't come in waving your good stuff as though that, that's the most important thing. You come, you give him everything. He takes your sin to the cross. He takes it to the grave so that you can walk free. Yes. Listen, I want to I conclude with this. The gifts and the talents and the skill, and the bank balance, and the energy, and all that you are, they're, they're a gift from God. And, and they're, not, they're not here to keep this ship afloat. You know, they're not just to keep church going. They, they, they're, not, they're not for you, to make you feel better about yourself. They're, they're for him. I want to encourage you, wherever you are in your walk with God, or even if you ain't even started walking with God, to just open your hands with everything and say, Lord, this is you. This is for you. Everything is yours. It's our privilege to reflect this God. It's our privilege to use our gifts and abilities to honour the one who came and lived and died and rose again so that we could walk free. The master's going to return, you know. And there's going to be no excuses. And I want to encourage you, have you ever offered your life to the master? For the first time, some of you need to offer your life to the master. And say, say I, I want that. I want to know what it is to be free of sin and guilt and shame. And for some of you, actually, they're, they're, you're good people, and actually you are, you're going through rough times. And, and actually, I just think that God wants to encourage you that it's, you're going through those rough times, and that is the means that you're going to glorify God. They're not a distraction from it. And I, I think there's grace here this morning for you. That God's going to encourage you and just sort of say, just like, like all Peter needed to know is, yeah, just come out of the boat, it's me. I, I'm the one calling you. You're in this trouble. God is not, not sovereign. He's still sovereign. He still loves you. You can still glorify God. It just looks different to how you want it. And for you faithful, just cracking on with what God has told you to do, God just wants to come and, 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 and raise you up and say, he's, he's not after efficiency. He's, he, he, he wants faithfulness. He doesn't want a big return on what he's given you. He wants you to be faithful with what God's put in his hand. And I just feel that God is going to honour you and bless you and bring glory to the name of Jesus through it. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to hand over. Jesus, thank you so much for these people. I thank you for no, not just their attendance here, but what they represent for the town of Hastings, oh God. And I, and I want to pray that they would go from this place knowing that they carry the light of Jesus with them, that they represent the king, they represent the one that was bound hand and foot, taken outside the city and killed, so that they could walk free. Father, I pray that there will be no wicked, lazy servants in this congregation. 
I pray that they would be faithful with everything that you've given them to, to, to use and to do. And Jesus, I pray, I pray that throughout the weeks and months and years to come, there will be moments of those kind of private, honouring and for your eyes only moments that would please you above everything else. Jesus, we love you. We love the fact that you let people like us loose to prepare, you know, to, 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 to preach your gospel, to reveal you. Jesus, thank you. Lord, let us never grow tired of revealing you to this needy world. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Tom. Tom's going to shoot off to Bexhill now and uh, we'll be preaching again. Why don't we just stand? I think uh, we've got a few moments before we need to collect children or, or go grab a coffee, so we won't be long, but uh, just, uh, just a few moments. I just felt what Tom was sharing just about the reign of his grace upon us all, but then for some of us, like a bucket load of grace right over you where you are right now. If you feel comfortable to, why don't you just close your eyes, you can raise your hands. It's nearly saying, a bit like a child coming to his father saying, our oh, father, I, I want, please would you give. Holy Spirit, I pray for just a raining down of your grace upon every single person here right now. For some, what you need to be doing right now is saying, Father, please give me more. I need you. A raining down of grace is, is, is great, but when Tom spoke about that bucket, if I could have done and I was bold enough, I'd have put my hand straight up in the air and said, oh, I need that. And I just want to encourage you where you are right now just to ask your Father in heaven, who knows what you need before you ask it, just for you to verbalise that, to tell him what you need, asking for more grace, asking for the Holy Spirit to come and fill you. And then in faith, just to say, Father, I receive from you. And then just for others, I wonder if there are others here and you're just carrying the weight of condemnation around. You just feel you're a rubbish Christian, if that's how you describe yourself. I'm just not very good at this Christian thing. I think the reality is none of us are really. But Jesus is really good. (laughs) And we're hidden in Christ. 
I thank you for the promise in your word that there is no condemnation, there is no declaring guilty for any who are in Jesus. Because Jesus, you've paid the price. Thank you, when we came to you, we didn't just bring the good stuff. As Tom said, we brought our sin. And I pray, Lord God, that you would break every lie of the enemy that just repeatedly on playback is, you're rubbish, you're no good, you can't do this, you don't hit the mark. I, I pray, Lord God, for a breaking in Jesus' name of all those lies. I thank you that we are loved, that we are accepted, that we are chosen by you. Thank you that nothing can separate us from your love and your goodness. I thank you, Lord, that you smile over us, that you enjoy being with us, that you delight in us. I thank you you've entrusted us with talents to invest. Lord, I ask you for breakthrough. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to finish it up there. If, if you really felt...